Hello and welcome to episode 299 of the Awesome Comics Podcast. Amazing. The place, hey. where small, <laughs> the place where small press makes one hell of a big noise. No, you are not tripping. You have not taken LSD. I'm not Vince. Vince isn't here. Um, Vince is moving house, believe it or not. Yes. Yeah. He's moving the whole of uh, ACP Towers to the new location. Yeah. Um, so he is uh, not with us this week. He's going to be back next week for episode 300, so we can't wait for that. Um, instead, you're stuck with just the two of us, and we've got an interview coming up in a minute. My name's Tony Esmond, creator of um, comics, and also someone whose hips don't lie. With me, as always, is the Dickie Davis of comics. It's huh. Vanguard's own Daniel Guns Butcher. Hello, Daniel. Ha- Hello. How are you? <laughs> why did Why did the Dickie Davis thing start? Was it because you said you had wine? Because there? I said I'm getting like a flash of grey. White in my hair at the That's front, right. just off, off centre, and suddenly I'm getting pictures of Dickie Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince saying, "Yeah, it does look like him." It's what you yeah, fucking yeah. smoking. We've he sent he's just sent us a good luck, boys, isn't he? We just had a little message off yeah. him, yeah, because he's moving house and he's just been painting a wall because he's he's keeps flexing what a macho man he is doing DIY. Yeah, he said he's got very soft hands, which <laughs> I can't verify that. No, That's me just, neither. Wow. Yeah. 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 If you know otherwise, write in. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have got a guest coming up. Yes. Um, we're going to be doing an interview in a minute with uh, a UK. Well, he's not UK, is he? I suppose he's a UK yeah. guy in another country. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. That's, that's a fair shout. Yeah. 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 Um, we're going to have an interview for you in a minute. But, uh, you know where else you can get soft hands? Comic House. Comic House. Yes. That's slick. Thank you. You know where is a great place to find comics at really reasonable prices? Yes, it's Comic House, the Netflix for small press. Vince said he'd send me the script. He never did, so I've had to make this up. Um, it's good. It's the UK, I'm doing it from memory. The UK indie comics marketplace that takes comics um, from all over the world and sticks them onto an app that you can look at them on. Um, what's in there at the moment, D-Man? Well, what we've got on the app, we've got uh, it, And It Snowed. Which oh. looks absolutely awesome. Uh, Snake Claws Book Four. Good. Riders of the Apocalypse Volume One. He's, uh, uh, he sent me. Uh, he sent me a message today saying he's sending me my Snake Claws through the post. Ah, uh, legend. Nice yeah, one. We've stuff. got uh, Little Sally Issue One and Two and uh, Hollow Girl Volume Two. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, a bit of foreshadowing. We're we talking about that uh, momentarily. Is it just Volumes One and Two of that? Is there? No, I think there's more. It might be up to issue four on there. Oh, okay. So there's a whole plethora of Hollow Gale to uh, get your mitts on. Nice. Good stuff. Um, for a, You can list your book for a very, very small minimal fee and get into a whole new audience. Mm. Even I can yeah. do it. Even I managed to do it. To be fair, that's a lie. I wrote that down. I didn't manage to do it. I had to <laughs> ring Pete. And Pete talked me through it both <laughs> times I did it. But that said, Pete is really helpful. Uh, is, there's a couple times where I've I've effed it up and I've messaged Pete and he's had it sorted within like half an hour. Yeah. Uh, but literally, if you can upload a PDF onto a site, you can put your book on Comic House. It's it's very simple. That is true. And I like the way that you said yeah. effed it up because you're being polite because it's just me and you. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can uh, I can drop all the F and C bombs. Maybe I like. can go for the. I'll try and go for the entire show without swearing. Yeah, we'll be like super That's polite. Nice. Just be super like changed polite. men now that we're not being egged on by Vince. <laughs> rolled up by Vince. Yeah, Remember, when he Vince is off air, he's just effing and jeffing all the oh time. Oh my god, he's a beast. He um the the thing is it's it's because it's for though look behind the curtain it's actually Tuesday we're recording early aren't we? 
Yeah. Um, because we want to get it to Vince to edit it to get it out while he's while he's painting walls and stuff and building houses and sheds. He's got a lovely shed on the way, hasn't he? I did. Yeah, he did send us that picture of the back garden. I mean, uh, a shed. You get, I guess, you get two types of shed users: people who kind of do stuff in the shed, or people just throw all their stuff in there. Yeah, or perverts. A lot of perverts yeah, have I'm, sheds, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Have you got a shed? Are you a pervert? Please write in. Well, the demographic of this show is definitely one of those boxes is ticked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't own a shed. I fancy getting one. Occasionally, I sort of pine for a shed and think I could sit in the shed in the summer, you know, on an allotment or something, reading comics and pretending to dig holes in the ground, you know, that sort of thing. My uh, brother's got one of those kind of, he's got a, quite a big garden. He had one of those sort of like, I don't know what they call them. Like, like you know, like the big sheds where you can go inside and like, an, it's like an activity room, like a, a kind of granny annex kind of thing at the bottom oh. of the garden where married men go down and sort of oh. lose their wives in the house or whatever. But he's like built a, a pub down there. Oh, right. It's, can't use it at the moment because no one can go around. It's a little bit South London, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. all these mates have like done the same thing oh look at down got, the like, pub that's the sort of place they can have a secret rave yeah oh god yeah it's big enough they can he did say the other day he left the heater on in there and he went in there and it was like a, a sauna so <laughs> that cost him good uh, how's yeah. your week been otherwise have you been alright you busy yeah busy busy uh, uh, making comics as always reading comics I've got one to talk about tonight which Ooh. I'm not going to recommend but I'm going to talk about it oh interesting yeah Oh, controversial. Uh, yeah. I know we do a kind of a recommend section, but this one, I don't, I'm just going just gonna to talk about it. One of the ones I picked out, I saw the cover for it. I've seen it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, that looks interesting. And I dived in on it over the weekend, and I was like, well, okay, I've got some thoughts about this. Ooh. So that's coming up later in the show. Exciting. Stay tuned. Johnny Cannon keeps ringing me. I'd like to point that out. He's now rung me twice. I think he's left a message because my phone's ringing again now. Yeah. Don't know what he wants. He's been messaging me about his uh, workout regime uh, <laughs> on Twitter. He said he loved my love handles, and I said something oh. like, "Thanks, babes." Oh, nice. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been all right. I've been all right. Thanks for asking. No, everything's fine with me. Um... <laughs> yeah, T. How are you been? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, busy at work, and but reading quite a lot of comics. Yeah, excellent. Ba- breaking my way through DN Agents again. Reading that, I like that. Do you remember that? Uh, I read that one. Yeah. yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. I forgot that they made a sort of subtle appearance in Teen Titans, so that's pretty cool. So work out, I did the usual, can't be bothered to dig through 34 long boxes where I think it might be, and um, <laughs> just bought them off eBay. But there you go. Hey, yeah, nice one. Yeah, one day. There's so many comics where I couldn't be bothered to find it, and I've just re-bought it. <laughs> yeah. It's happened so often to me. <laughs> Imagine it's worse for you, because you've got way more comics and long boxes than Yeah, me. I've got a room that's got so many long boxes in there, I can't get into it. <laughs> we're, bad, we're in a uh, when this comes out we'll be in a post Zack Snyder's Justice oh, League yeah. world, won't we I like the, there's a good show with Pete last week and I'm glad that Pete's going to watch it I'm going to watch it too mm. are you going to watch it it's fucking long in it how long yeah. is it it's well according to Rob Liefeld it's four hours but it goes by in a in a, in a, in a zip yeah <sighs> can you hear that that's, I don't know. that's Johnny calling me again look that's him calling me I'm going to press no on that one <laughs> denied nope yeah, denied. yeah I, I don't know I might, I might do I might do it might be one of those things I don't go through in one hit to be honest yeah but uh, we'll see yeah I made the mistake also, I, I told you earlier I made the mistake of watching I got a bit about of lockdown insomnia last night and got up and watched the Woody Allen and Mia Farrow documentary oh, oh okay oh no uh, that helped with the sleepless nights yeah <laughs> yeah I just stayed up watched it <laughs> 
Yeah. It's always the way. Like I, I, when if I have heroes or someone I kind of admire look, look up to, I try not to look into the life too much because I get disappointed. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't tend to follow them afterwards. I'm so glad that nothing happened to Rolf. Do you know what I mean? He was a big hero of mine. Uh, Rolf Harris. <laughs> Rolf's Cartoon Club. <laughs> I used to fucking love that show. But there we go. Yeah, and Gary all Glitter. You, all your heroes. Yeah. yeah. They they come up. Uh, I was watching a bit of Only Fools and Horses this year, a bit of background noise, and there was one where a seance. Do you remember <laughs> that episode? I don't think so. And like, yeah. the, the, the lady, the medium, saying, oh, there's someone else dipping out the mists. They've got long blonde hair down to their shoulders. Their rings are decked in like jewels and gold. And Trigger says, oh, sounds like Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> First that laughing. Kelsey Dale says, no, that's my mum. Oh, well, you know. There's a lot of those. They make a lot of jokes and references in the older TV shows that to figures which are now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you describe it. I think in yeah. prison they'd be referred to as nonces, I believe is the phrase. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the British people do that with everything, don't we? Like, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you keep chocolate in the fridge, you're a nonce. And... <laughs> 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 Read comics on the tube. Oh, sex yeah. offender. Yeah. You have like a, sh- a lager top. So, what are you fucking nuts? <laughs> I swore. I swore. <laughs> That's it. That's it's done. Top. It's done. I I can attest to this that a friend of mine, and this is not a nice term at all. It was horrible. But I, I did I did go in a pub in Middlesbrough with someone once, and he asked for a lager top, and he said that the barman immediately just went, "What are you a puff?" Like, oh my god! It's like travelling back to the sixties. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got a kicking. Oh, uh, good. There you go, kicking. <laughs> <laughs> should we? Uh, should we call our guest in? Yes. Should we do that? Yeah. Now we welcome to the show the creator of Hollow Girl, the Rapture-inspired alone, not lonely lover of the heroic bloodshed genre, an all-round talented comic creator, Luke Cooper. Hello, Luke. Hey, Luke. Hello. Hiya. Good stuff, man. Uh, am I right? Saying you do like like heroic bloodshed. Films. Yes, yeah, definitely got a soft spot for the old John Woo movies. <laughs> oh, nice one. Now, I think I reviewed a book of yours, Good Cop, Bad Cop, 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 Cop about, um, <laughs> God, it's got to be about six or seven years ago now, is that right? Uh, yeah, written by Jim Alexander. Uh, I did uh, one of the story arcs. Right. He okay. kind of wanted to do a Judge Dredd sort of thing so that every artist who came on had their own interpretation of the character and my one was more psychological it's kind of a jekyll and hyde sort of thing that's right so good cop bad cop was one person but he kind of morphed into this evil version of himself but my version was more like the change was psychological rather than physical get you yeah yeah nice okay that's interesting yeah well i've been reading through uh hollow gale once again and it kind of invokes that kind of uh the, the kind of the dark avenger character like uh the crow or not so much the punisher but someone who kind of like fights fire with fire as as it were and kind of it's very dark it's a dark character and dark themes how did he kind of come about with the character and the concept well the crow was definitely an influence although i'm ashamed to say i actually saw the movie first i didn't actually okay. get to the comic till a lot later same. Uh, but I, I, yeah, and, it, and I've, I've been a fan of the Punisher and Judge Dredd and all these sort of dark, violent characters. 
But Hollow Girl, I don't know, it was a very strange way it came about, really, because I just wanted to do a girl with guns action story. Mm. But I wanted it to not be like typical sort of exploitation sort of stuff. It wasn't about yeah. sexualizing the character. I thought the best way to do that was to take away the face, to give her that mask, to dehumanize her. And then it's mm. not just about a pretty face, it's about, uh, it's about a, a sort of menacing, scary character that kind of became the, well, it was almost like a role reversal version of Halloween, with instead of like a horrible masked bad guy hunting and killing teenage girls, it was teenage girl with mask hunting and killing big scary bad guys. Okay. Uh, that sort of plays into the, the kind of, the, the elevator pitch of this, the, the comic when she takes on the kind of, not the identities as much, but these ghosts that kind of drive her to right certain wrongs. Is that right, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. It's like, um, I've sort of tried to reevaluate the character as I've gone on, and I think the easiest way to describe it as a medium with guns, a medium who is also a vigilante. Right, so that nice. supernatural element you put into it, yeah. But I think that sort of blank face mask thing is frightening. From a kid who grew up and watched something like The Autons on television, yeah. I think it's a similar sort of feeling. Is That's that plastic fakeness to it. It's almost mm. more sinister, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 I think when it's the, the it's a kind of a, a blank face, like even just the when they've done the sack over someone's head with an eye showing out, it's a lot more intimidating and kind of scary than like a, a, a monstrous looking face because that's just kind of like, oh yeah whatever it is it's because the intentions are hidden it's there's more of a kind of uh, an edge or an element to it like that especially if you take away the eyes as well like if you watch the halloween movies the ones that are the scariest are the ones where they actually just completely hide the eyes behind the mask in shadow right Mm. So that, that that really adds to the dehumanizing element. And when I was first like doing cover art for the comic, I remember the first image I did of her, it was you could see the eyes through the mask. I was like, oh, that's wrong. That just doesn't look right. So when I put all black underneath it, there she is. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I love drawing masks with no eyes on them because <laughs> eyes are so tricky to do. you got, you got to put them deeper into the mask as well, haven't you? Sometimes it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 other, the other theme I found, I don't know if this is right, Luke, is is there an element of mental illness? Is there a, is it, is, is she, I mean, you could, you can almost read it as, a, you know, um, she's mentally ill and she's imagining it all, isn't there? There's this sort of scary, and, and I think you use nightmares yeah. a lot in your work, don't you? Yeah, the stuff like where reality and fantasy blend, I definitely like living in that area. And, yeah, you're quite right that the early Hollow Girl books, it was supposed to be ambiguous. Like, right. is she really seeing this stuff or is this all going on in her head? And in fact, uh, in the first book, that's sort of symbolized by a tug of war between a priest and a psychiatrist. Right. Who kind of, what the priest is sort of seeing her as being like this, this uh, vessel vessel for for spirits and the psychiatrist said no no this is just a disturbed girl something bad happened to her when she yeah. was a kid she needs help and she's empty isn't she like you say she's hollow she's empty of everything uh, yeah it's almost like a ptsd thing is it do you think doesn't the the priest say something like she hasn't got a soul or something and yeah yes uh, it's does she not have a soul or does she not have a conscience 
and, right. and okay. what's and what's the difference um the soul thing is something i've tried to I've tried to sort of gloss over as a series that's gone on because it's quite hard to write a series about a character who doesn't really have much in the way of emotions. So as the series goes on, it becomes clearer that there is someone there. And yeah, yeah as Tony said, it's kind of a PTSD sort of element that uh, something happened to her when she was young. And I describe it as one day she went away and she didn't come back. And what's okay. left okay. is this kind of empty vessel. Which, where she's kind of locked her personality up because mm. she's been hurt or injured in some way. Yeah, and that's and what that's you a, get is very that's a real signifier of PTSD, isn't it? They find it hard. People who who have it extre- in extreme measures find it hard to, to show or feel emotion to enjoy things. You know, so mm. yeah, so it's like people who come back from the war. They're they're it's shell shock, isn't it? They're they're nothing. Yeah, yeah, and it's an interesting. I part. mean, had. How's that even treated? I, I'm really ignorant on the subject. I don't know, actually, man. No, I don't know. I'm not no, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The um now the the history of it. You've gone through a few publishers with this, haven't you, Luke? So you you went through you you were signed with a couple of American publishers, and did you do a bit of self publishing yourself? Did you or? I briefly tried it, but I, I much would I would much rather work for a publisher because I just want to be able to draw the thing and send it off and let someone else worry about selling it. Because I'm the kind of person, I like to fire and forget. I've done the comic, it's gone. Now, what's the next thing I'm going to do? So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm always working. That's how I met my wife. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a quote, there's, there's a quote on your Facebook page, dude, that says, um, is it weird that I have plenty of motivation to write and draw, but zero motivation to engage on social media or to promote? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. We we often hear people say it's fifty percent of the effort, isn't it? Is the promotion these days? It shouldn't be though, should it? Really? No. Well, they make it so hard with the algorithms and things, so it's very hard to actually promote your works. You you try to put things in groups on Facebook, and the, I don't know, it, it just sort of disappears. <laughs> yeah. You, you might get a couple yeah, of likes, but it just sort of, there's you know, a lot there's of noise out there, man. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and um, you found yourself with Marcosia, is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a, a case of, okay, I, I just want people to find these books. And the last publisher I had couldn't even offer that simple thing. It's <laughs> right. just the idea that there's a shop, you can find the books and you can buy them. It was all Kickstarter, Kickstarter, Kickstarter. And then after the Kickstarter, it was like, right, so where can people find the books? Oh, no, no. If they didn't back the Kickstarter, then, you know. Yeah, it's gone forever, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think, because um, I know Harry quite well. And it, um, a friend of Harry's, and it, he does a sort of print-on-demand model. He does get the he does get the comics in front of you know other media to be adapted mm-hmm. if possible. Yeah, there is that element to it. Is you know none of us going to be millionaires these days? I think, but yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm very happy with just... that stuff. Yeah, I'm very and having a home on Marcosia it gives me a place to direct people, and you can see they've got links with like. Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, yeah. Book Depository, all these different places. I think uh, was it is it Forbes as well, uh, something like that. They've got, but uh, they've got all these different places where you can order the books, and I think that's really cool. That yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and I it's think half the battle is just getting it into people's hands, isn't it? The com- comics now making it available. Have you, yeah, we, we we listened to a, a YouTube channel by a guy called Perch Luke, and he he did a whole episode the other day about nothing's in print anymore. <laughs> you know. You try and get you try and get a book, and it's it's out of print, and uh, 
even stuff that you know the one division stuff is out of print you can't get it so that print on demand model i think is going to start coming more and more i know pat uses it for space warp mm. it's an important way of doing it these days i think it makes me wonder if they just this bit conspiracy theory just moving everything digital because then everything can be tracked and every sale they can have a piece of yeah do you know what i mean uh, I, I still, as many listeners of Echo, want physical copies of stuff. I, if I like something digital, I want to buy the physical. And that's the end of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing we're going to talk about, dude, is your craft as well. Now, I understand from a couple of interviews I've seen, you know, an interview I've seen you done from looking at your artwork, is you use models, don't you? you have a, do you have a friend who is essentially Hollow Girl? Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, that was a few years ago now. Uh, right. So I'm kind of relying on databases of images. Right. I've got. <laughs> uh, that's that's yeah. interesting. What you, would you like plot out, like storyboard the page, like thumbnails, and then say, right, you need, I need you in this pose, that pose, or, or how, how, would you work, how would you work a page, for instance? Well, I just go from the script, and then I, I kind of arrange the pose and then take photos from like lots of different angles as many different Mm. angles as i can so that when i'm laying out the page because it's photographs i don't really do thumbnails i just sort of lay the photographs on the page and start moving it around and creating collages and uh, yeah so i just give myself lots of options by taking lots of different photos and i can always reuse stuff for other things as well if i've got like that big database of images it comes very handy Okay. okay. I kind of do similar stuff with like I I thumbnail my stuff, then draw it as separate elements and then I can move it around on the page to the way I like and sometimes it doesn't look like the thumbnail. But mm. uh yeah, I, I guess there's so many different ways of working nowadays. There's not just you pencil it all on a page, you ink it all on a page and uh, away it goes. It's, well, I used to work uh, in that more traditional style. What before I actually was doing uh, this kind of more realistic horror stuff. Uh, the mm. early days, I was with Portent Comics, uh, James Reddington's uh, comic company, right. back in the day. And I was doing, like, cartoony stuff. And that was all just regular hand-drawn. Gotcha. But, but I kind of went back to university and, and started doing some multimedia stuff. And I thought, oh, I could apply this to comics. So I was working with um, my friend who was a photographer, and we started like doing comic stuff together, and then I sort of ditched a friend and did the photography myself because it looked like a lot of fun. Because you get to you pretend to be a director; it's great. Yeah. And especially because I I work mainly with girls. Here we uh, go. Here mates, we go. Yeah. Mates, <laughs> no, I'm not a creep. <laughs> but uh, but the, the the joy that when you give them a toy gun to pose with. For a guy, that's normal, you know. But for for a girl, it's like, yes, my parents never let me play with guns when I was little. So uh, there was one girl I remember for a comic. I, I gave her like a couple of toy guns, and then she just started running around doing her own thing. Like, okay, I'll just take pictures. In. <laughs> I didn't have to actually direct her at all. But she was just overjoyed at the idea of yes, I get to play with toy guns. It's awesome. <laughs> so kind of like comic book kind of creators that you kind of look up to or aspire to do you do you have some of those it's ones that you kind of grew up on well 
Oh man, this is such a cliche, I think, because I'm I'm that right age group to say Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon were the creative team that I just was chasing down all the time. Okay. So what, yeah. a bit of Hellblazer moving into a bit of Preacher or something like that, was it, or...? I would still count Preacher as one of my favourite comics of all time. Quite right, so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, isn't is it? Is that TV series still going? I don't know, actually. Uh, oh, to be fair, I found it a bit dull. <laughs> no, yeah. they, did a, they did like three or four seasons, I think. It was okay. It didn't quite yeah. capture the spirit of the comic, but The Saint of Killers yeah. was pretty good. I think. Right, okay, right. And Cassidy was good. I, don't th- I think the rest was not the best of adaptations, but those two characters were pretty good. Yeah, I felt like the lead character, you had to believe he could kick your ass. And I, I didn't believe it, you know? Yeah, same. No, it wasn't Jesse for me. Yeah, yeah it, it exactly. Work. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Any other any other artistic influences, So, as, as opposed to storytelling, any artistic ones? Hmm. Um, well, because I liked Hellblazer, a guy who came along later with, um, and, and I don't know if I'm, I pronounce his names right, because they're, they're ones I've seen written down, yeah. <laughs> but I've not heard them. But... Um, Brian Ezzarello used a guy called Marcelo Fruzin, I think it yeah. was Fruzin, something like that. And I love his his stuff. I, I love that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, and Loveless as well, I think they did. Oh, together. that's a bleak fucking Western, that is, man. Mm. Oh, my I've God. I've not seen that one. Yeah, it's um, that's a rough one. <laughs> it's quite rapey <laughs> at certain points. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's like the old school seventies westerns, you know. It's like this that it's just yeah, yeah. Everyone's a villain. Yeah, it's like Deadwood or something like that. Um, they had that shit in like uh, Clint Clint Eastwood films. Yeah, kind of that theme. That, that kind of stuff doesn't get touched with fucking barge pole today. <laughs> yeah. You can understand why. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about figments as well. Um, oh yeah, I read the, today the forgotten book. The forgotten <laughs> <one>. yeah. <laughs> so Chloe Addison is trapped in an underpass with a cannibal with buttons for eyes. You do this back to the nightmare thing again, isn't it, Luke? You do. Yeah. Fi- do you fixate a little bit? Do you actually dream things and put them into comics, or is this? Do you just think of the worst possible scenario? Because that's pretty anxiety cheese dream, isn't it? You know, being stuck in a, an underpass. Um, what do you think? Well, Figments was one where, yeah, I think that kind of did start off the, the fascination of doing dream stories. And, and the newer book I, I did, I kind of think of as the unofficial sequel. Okay. Not kind of a spiritual sequel, because it's got that similar idea of like the, the idea of being trapped in a fantasy world. Right. But yeah, I mean, Figments is supposed to be... Um, like reliving the worst thing that ever happened to you over and over again, but then figuring out that you can actually use that to conquer the experience. And again, it's another PTSD sort of thing where, yeah. where it's a girl who's had something terrible happen to her and then she's kind of trying to, um, I don't know, I, I guess it's another violent thing, isn't it? Trying to overcome it, deal with it. Yeah. And it, it yeah. It up. There's, um, I'm going to say there's a Freudian quality to it because the, the harder core it gets, the more violent it gets, the bigger her gun gets. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a phallic quality to that gun, Luke, do you think? Well, there's one bit that's blatantly <laughs> phallic, because in the original script, it was actually a creature with a giant erection. Right, okay. But I, but I changed it to, he sticks his tongue out and a kind of, like, yeah. alien-like second mouth thing, sort of tentacle thing comes out. And I thought, well... 
that's probably as close as I'm going to get to the idea of a penis in this story. Have something that looks kind of phallic coming out of his mouth. And in, in the nicest Do possible you... way, she pulls it off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you change that for kind of artistic reasons or commercial reasons? Would you say you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't go with that? I chicken out. It happens okay. quite a lot where I get to the point where I'm going to draw something. I don't want to draw that. That's horrible. I don't think I want to do that. Yeah, it's the I kind of thing that when you write in a script, and especially if you're using real people as your models, you do sort of start to see the characters more as people. Okay. So with that one yeah. especially, the original script was very different. But then when I got a model playing the character, I suddenly became quite fiercely protective of her, and it completely changed my attitude, and I ended up rewriting big chunks of it. Okay. That's interesting. That's especially, interesting. Yeah. I suppose the other end of that is you have to show her it at some point as well, do you? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever... Yeah, so and of course, the other question for that is do you ever, do you ever use your wife in these roles? Early on, yes. When right. I was doing A Glimpse of Hell for Murky Depths magazine, uh, Terry Martin's magazine, Right. Uh, she was the model for the main character for that one. Okay. Nope. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I watched the interview you did on Icecast with the your model on that the the lady who was Hollow Girl for a while. I'm guessing. Uh, no, she was uh, the model for Alone Not Lonely. Oh, okay. Which we're going to move uh, on to okay. in a second. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So Alone Not Lonely is. Um, I heard you say. I heard you say it's. You don't want. You want it to sound a little bit pretentious, and it comes from people who say, "Look, I'm alone, but I'm fine." It's like that. It's a, I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. Is that, is, was that the idea? Yeah, it's sort of written as one word with just capital letters to show where, where the different words kick in. So it's alone, not lonely. So it's sort of sort of mm. blurted out phrase. But yeah, because it, it's about a character who is uh, alone, but happy, kind of an introverted character. So I think of it as a survival horror for introverts with a little bit of Lovecraft thrown in. Right. Okay. I'm getting that when uh, I've got the home. My, I'm home on my own nowadays, like uh, loving the peace and quiet, and uh, <laughs> just me just working. And there's no noise. Does a does a huge <laughs> penis monster turn up? Uh, only for five um... minutes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you want to? Did you want to run us through? So you've got this friend. I for, I'm sorry. I forget the lady's name, but um... uh, that's Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. And Ellie um, basically sort of was your model for Alone Not Lonely. So how did that work out? Did um, did you develop a script and talk to her about it, or did she just volunteer, or how did you come to know her? Uh, she's one of my students. Oh right, okay. Uh, and, and she's <laughs> oh, actually cool. an, and she's actually an actor as well. So we did a lot of stuff where we we kind of we were reading plays together during lockdown. And uh, when we when the schools were open, we were doing like drama clubs and stuff like that. Right, uh, but yeah, she is an she's an actor anyway, and she did a she did this little sci-fi short, which I think is you can find it on YouTube. It's called Alternate or Alternate, something right. like that. Okay. And uh, she starred in that. And uh, I'd already got this idea for a post-apocalyptic thing, but Alone Not Lonely is nothing like the original idea, which is called The Rapture, and it was about. Uh, a character called the atheist who didn't believe in angels and demons, but now guess what? You're surrounded by angels and demons. And it was set in a city and there were all these different things. Like um, someone could be possessed by, by a, a demon. 
and they would be called the cursed or you could be possessed by an angel and that would be called the blessed. And then I just threw the whole lot in the bin and did something completely different where I moved it out into the countryside. So it wasn't because I'm bored with apocalypses in cities. Right. And I made the monsters a bit more Lovecraftian. So the idea is it's all kind of symbolic of um, our distrust of people. So the, 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 the character just doesn't trust people. Mm. And the weird thing was I was working on this book during lockdown and it, it suddenly occurred to me, oh, I've written a book about coronavirus without knowing it. Because it is this idea that you are only safe if you stay away from people. So it is a it is a book about self-imposed isolation. And everyone she meets can either potentially physically transform into a monster. So it's that kind of thing of taking the taking the metaphor of the idea that everyone is potentially a monster inside. But in this case, you can see it, it comes out and you can mm. see that she physically transform into monsters. And then you've got the other ones who are the angel characters and they stand around with their eyes closed in a very J-horror sort of way. But when they open their eyes, sort of jets of white flame comes out of the eyes and it's supposed to be uh, like symbolic of um, the eyes of judgment that burn you. So okay. it's all it's all very it's another one like figments, really, where it's that kind of it's very symbolic and you get the impression that all of the symbolism is coming from her. Somehow, okay. But she's creating this world. Well, we did. We do see like elements of the kind of not trusting people while the pandemic was going on because you had people like doing the the anti mask stuff or saying, "Oh, this is a hoax," or you go down the supermarket and everything would be cleared out, and it's like, "Well, what about the older people where people can't get down the shop?" And it's like, "Well, and we have people, it's too bad." Spat on and stuff, didn't we, in the early days? Yeah, we? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember being the outside the Sainsbury's near us, near the start, and we had to queue up to get in like you had to. And the security guy was talking to one of the other people, and he said. He's worked in some rough clubs and he says it's never been anything like he's had to deal with on the door to Sainsbury's. <laughs> like he was just like bloody hell. It's yeah. not that bad. But when you kind of think like dealing with a couple of drunkards who want to get in to the point where people have concerned about eating, there wasn't really any concern, but that's what was going through their mind. You can see why they gave him a bit more kind of fight as it were yeah. does that make sense yeah yeah I, I remember all of that yeah and it, what was really strange is now we've got all this stuff about vaccines which means that all of that toilet paper that people are buying didn't cure the virus <laughs> and, that's, and that's really weird why else would you buy so much toilet paper how is it how is it where you are dude because you're not you're in did you say slovakia i can't remember uh, yeah, this was the country that were handling it really well at the beginning, and now are probably one of the worst affected in the in oh, no. the whole of okay. Europe. Are you likely to get a, vo- a vaccine? Are you on what are you on Sputnik or AstraZeneca or what are you on? Uh, they've got a bit of a mixture of everything, but uh, I don't know if you've been reading the news. But in in Europe, they're having their doubts about AstraZeneca. Turning their backs on it, aren't they, for some unknown yeah. reason? Yeah, yeah. But even like I think that's being completely debunked. That whole yeah, a number of times, even today. Probably by the time this comes out next Monday, it'll have been completely debunked. I'm yeah. guessing. I think it was like yeah. the, the amount of doses they've done is like in the millions, and the amount of blood clots they've had is under like fifty. Which, if if something worked something a couple of million times and didn't work fifty times, you would go with that. Wouldn't yeah, you? I saw a joke online today. Says uh, says uh, France France uh, disowns the AstraZeneca vaccine vaccination after man gets run over by car. Yeah. 
Crazy times. The, this, uh, yeah. Well, we laugh, but he had the vaccine first, and then the car hit him. Yeah. How yeah. could you not see a correlation? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one, the one through line I see through your work, Luke, is um, female protagonists. Is mm. is that a real? Because you, you, I mean, Hollow Girl, Figments, Alone, Not Lonely. Um, is why 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 female central characters? Any particular reason? Well, I talked about this on Facebook once, and I got shouted down a little bit. But I, I, I feel, I feel That's strange like for Facebook. Is... Yeah, <laughs> weird. Yeah. But, but I feel like uh, if you use female protagonists, there is still—it doesn't matter how tough you make them—you've still got that element of vulnerability. They're still more interesting characters because you fear for them. You're more worried about them as protagonists. Uh, interesting. Whereas okay. with guys, especially in comic books, guys always look like they're built out of bricks. And when a guy is beaten down in a comic, you're like, oh, I don't really believe it. It'd be all right. But <laughs> when you've got a female character and you've got these tough guys fighting her and they're twice her size, it looks cool. It just so looks cool. You don't usually see too much of like maybe more back in the day but not so much now even in films like kind of uh female uh protagonists getting an absolute savage beatdown. i'm not saying it doesn't happen but like they they sort of generally shy away from it and if one of them's getting a hammer in it usually be like a slight trickle of blood from the corner of the lip which they can kind of wipe away yeah uh but in hollow girl especially she gets absolutely like dinged around doesn't she she's shot multiple times whacked it's uh it's good to see that uh, not to see that came out wrong. I don't see me as good to see it. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. Up. It's realistic to see it. You mean, yeah, 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 really, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the the other bit, Luke, is um the use of um pseudo religious stuff. Is that you use? There's an element of that in a lot of your work, isn't there? There's um yeah, hell and heaven. Is that is that something? Yeah, you're... I blame Garth Ennis. Right. Okay. <laughs> you're not. Are you um? Are you a are you a, are you a religious day. man yourself or? Not really, no. I, I would say I'm agnostic. Okay, okay. Uh, but I, I would say I'm super agnostic in that I don't know if God exists and I don't care. <laughs> right, okay. It, just, it, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. If, if you treat people well, it should make a difference whether God exists or not. Just, you know, be decent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but my but my wife is Catholic, so okay. we do we do go to church and uh, we love churches and stuff like that, just from purely from the point of view of beautiful places man yeah 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 i mean I, i'm a i'm a i'm an atheist now and a strong one but i grew up as a a catholic schoolboy, you know and a catholic altar boy and there are some spectacular um, buildings built by that bloody church you know they've done a lot of wrong but they they built some great buildings didn't they oh yeah. god yeah aren't they supposed to double up as like defensive like so if, if there was ever needed to you could go in there as a place of like defense because they're obviously great big stone buildings with okay yeah, I'm sure that was the case. Maybe I'm completely not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, I've got one of the cats flying, playing with something on the ground here. You hear that noise? <laughs> do, but, uh, do you find God. that's a good sandpit to play in, though, Luke? Do you, do you think that that's something you enjoy playing with, that demon angel thing? I know you said you threw away the idea, but will that will you bring that back as well? Or? Well, Alone Not Lonely still has aspects of that, but they're used symbolically right. more than anything. It's more to show, like the good and bad side of us, you know, like the demon on one shoulder and the angel on the other, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still, I'm still interested in it from the point of view. These days, it's more like the people that consider themselves Christian, but 
treat people like garbage. Well, that that kind of that kind of thing it it, it fascinates me. That, that now though now I wonder why are you a Christian then if if you don't actually believe in any of the things that like when we say when we talk about Christian behaviour we're talking about being charitable, being decent, treating people right. But there's a lot of people that claim to be Christians that don't do that, and I find that quite interesting. It's not okay. so much the theology now as the psychology that I find interesting. Yeah. Because then it just becomes, I'm a Christian because I'm one of God's chosen people and I'm therefore better than you. That, that's what it seems to be now. Right. For a lot of people. Yeah, it's the old, um, yeah, the, the, some people are Christians for a reason, aren't they? Because they're probably quite fucking terrible in their other parts of their lives, mm. you know. Yeah. As a, as a Catholic schoolboy, you could always go and admit to uh, Father Anthony that you'd uh, got in a fight and you were forgiven. That was fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would always think of you as Father Anthony. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the risk of sound of blasphemy always the, the right, right religion always seems to be the one that we're brought up with and was prevalent in your area. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I was trying to think like there's kind of there's a multitude of comics that kind of uh, is critical of religion and a lot of them like quite well renowned and, and uh, considered good reads, but not so much on the other side. Would you say that's true? I mean, for me, the only kind of religious comics that really stick out in my mind is those the black and white ones that used to give away the tiny little things that were really kind of harsh and judgmental. Do you remember seeing those comics? I think there's a website where someone I uploaded I saw them. No, oh, it's chick something. Well, I can't remember. Yeah, that's the ones. chick something. Like a chick pamphlet or something like that. I'm sure someone will. Someone will. Yeah, someone uh, pipe up. Tell there's us, a, yeah. there's yeah. a site. Yeah. And basically they're kind of like, it tells like a story of like Joe Bloggs and he does something and then it starts quoting Bible verse and scripture and how this is wrong and all these lives starts going wrong and they, there's different scenarios. But they were really like laying on thick. All right. Uh, yeah. G- Jimmy masturbated so both his hands fell off, his eyes fell out and was a great fear of mine. all his Christian friends laughed at him. <laughs> great fear of yours. <laughs> Every day I fear that. <laughs> it's like masturbating makes you blind i actually genuinely thought that was real until last year only if it goes off in your eye otherwise <laughs> yeah, you're fine yeah, you've gone in my eye yeah yeah exactly <laughs> the uh <laughs> yeah there's i mean it's a rich it's a rich ground to work in fiction isn't it you know everything from nemesis the warlock to preacher to we we reviewed a book a couple of weeks ago called altered boys um you know it, which is sort of taking revenge on priests in a sort of punisher style way but yes yeah, it's that there's a rich vein to be tapped there isn't there there's such a mythology that's built up around it um that we mm. can see you know hellblazer and all this sort of thing it does tend to be christianity doesn't it in the west is yeah. the one that's sort of used or mined i suppose i guess they couldn't do the second big one because they get killed <laughs> yeah, be, be a trauma. yeah it's a dicey area isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we mean scientology yeah, yeah exactly that, i live in east grinstead oh yeah this is like a like Scientology hotbed. There's the headquarters down the road. Like apparently, what? half the shops on the high street are owned by Scientology. Do you think that's where like Tom when, Cruise shop there? When Tom Cruise <laughs> when Tom Cruise comes over to the UK, that's where he stays at the Scientology oh, right. compound. My God, yeah. Well, no, there's the there's a great podcast that came out well, about he's did all these weird cults in the area and religions that sprouted up over the 60s and 70s and. I think Scientology heard about it and then like said, right, this is where we're going to be in the UK. And that's where they... Because you know, uh, Neil Gaiman was brought up as a Scientologist, wasn't he? 
I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't think, don't think he liked talking about it, but he was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I don't think they like talking about it either. No, I got recruited. All tried, someone tried to recruit me. Do you remember? Uh, to the oh, M- at MCM, some bloke came over and started talking to me about the uh, the stall and everything. And uh, um, I can't remember. I was with one of the one of the ladies from No Brown. She said, "What are you doing?" Tell us. I'm talking to this bloke, and it, suddenly it just twigged when he t- I said, he was talking about um, who's the founder. What's his name again? Elron Hubbard. He started talking about Elron Hubbard in the present tense, and I went, "Hang on a minute, isn't he dead?" And he went, "No, no, he's yeah. just pure energy." And I went, "Are you a Scientologist?" <laughs> <laughs> he, gave, he gave me this thumb drive with um, Invasion Earth on it, whatever it was called. Um, and he says loads. Of, he said thirty six thousand sound effects on there. I said oh, I can't even. How do you do thirty six different sound effects? That's impossible. And he says have a listen. But I've never dared to put it in my computer because I think it will find out all the porn I've been looking at and send it straight to Scientology yes, HQ. Yeah, <laughs> I've read that book. I read that book years me ago. Too. I didn't it's boring, it. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's connected to. Uh, Scientology, anyway. Yeah, what was that other one? Invasion Earth, wasn't it? Was the other one? Is that right? Yeah, Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Battle Earth. Earth. That's right. Yeah, they reckon it was that also they went a, out. A shite movie with um, with John Travolta. Um, that's yeah, that's right. him. Yeah, and that Pepper guy out of uh, Saving Private Ryan, the sniper bloke. Uh, Barry right. Pepper was his name. The actor. I don't think he's really done much. Because I, I watched that a couple of years ago. In fact, I watched it after I met the bloke at MCM. I thought I'm going to watch this because I had it on dvd or something and it's actually designed to be one of two films isn't it i think it's meant to have a sequel kind of ends oh. at a point where there's going to be a sequel because it was never made because it was ridiculous yeah that's... that's a dream isn't it you write yourself a vaguely terror terrible sci-fi novel and get a religion out of it <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, that's what we all <laughs> exactly yeah yeah isn't yeah. he quoted him saying like oh the best way to make money would be to start a religion and he did <laughs> I went to um, the, the Scientology Center in um, LA. Is a big old like, like the, I think it's like the Celebrity Center or something. It's called. And opposite is a diner, and I got taken there by some pals, and it was full of people who were that we were sitting there and they were going, "Oh, he, she's a writer on Saturday Night Live, she, and he does this." And it was full of like actors and stuff who obviously it was obviously the place to go to meet people. This diner. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. It was- yeah. Right over the road from the Scientology place. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Is there any... Let's Google Scientology comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to Luke. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I've got you on to talk about your No, comics. no, that's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't realise that there was a, a Scientology base actually in England. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Pretty... Yeah. I, 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 there used to be one in... In uh, Oxford Street or Tottenham Court Road as well, didn't they? I think I got doorstepped by someone walking along to go to the Food and Planet, and some bloke gave me a copy of Dianetics. I've got it here somewhere. I never read it. Or yeah, anything. it was used to be uh, on that crossroads where uh, oh, come is it near Tottenham Court Road and Shaftesbury Avenue at the top there? Oh, uh, what Bond Street? Used to there. Turn okay. right to go oh, down. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah used to turn right to go down towards Forbidden Planet and. They used to. It was on the road, just off of that crossroad. I think. I remember them giving out books and stuff. And that's right. That's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got to give them a book. That's pretty cool. Dynamics. Yeah. When well, we used to work in Waterstones, I think they they might have sold them in there. No, maybe I maybe they didn't. I think I might be thinking of the bloody David uh, David Ike books, which are absolute pish. <laughs> are we uh, just like making enemies of all the world's religions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Who else we've had picked on? Who's next? Fucking Buddha. I hate him. There, yeah, we go. There's another one. <laughs> David Icke's, um he's an anti-vaxxer, isn't he, David Icke? He's one of that firm, okay. getting back to back on subject. 
Yeah. As if there wasn't enough reasons to dislike it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you've done um not because we've only really talked about your creator own stuff, but you have done art artists for hire, haven't you? Like we talked about Good Cop Bad Cop. You did that with um Jim Alexander and Jim Campbell. Is that right? Was that? Uh, I think yeah, he did lettering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I did a few things with Jim Alexander actually. Uh, so I did Good Cop Bad Cop. I did a, a one-off called The Samurai, which was very 2000 AD style. Right. Uh, but I think I think my artwork was pretty bad on it. <laughs> to be honest, oh, no. I never seem to have the same passion as a gun for hire. I don't know why that is, uh, but I can't get into it as much. Jim Jim the was only in the X Men and stuff, isn't he? People sort of forget how how important he's been in comics. He wrote for Marvel for quite oh, a few years, didn't he? Yeah. He's done stuff for 2000 AD, the magazine, uh, Marvel, DC, a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got Have you got anything else that you've done recently that we might not have heard of, or you got anything coming up from as a gun for hire? Or uh, yeah, I did. Uh, there's a indie comic called Burlap published through Covenant Comics, and it's it's right up our street. You know, it's like guy with sackcloth mask right. and two pistols shooting bad guys. Another guy with a tragic past. It's perfect. It's, it's perfect for me. And I, I just sort of drew a couple of pictures of the character and gave it to gave it to the guy who was the writer. And he said, oh, do you want to actually draw a book? Okay. And I was like, oh, yes, well, that wasn't my plan at all when I sent you these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he offered me a one-shot. Uh, so they've done these three spin-offs from this from the miniseries that are going to be called the Burlap 90s, 90s. Wait, there's too many ends. 90s Nightmare, I think it's called. And they're just three stories set in his past. And I did one where it was about um, bad guys who live in a trailer park. And uh, there's chainsaws and there's scantily clad ladies and there's lots of guns. But the thing I was Dan lives in Kent and it's a bit like there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Kent, isn't it, for you? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, when being like a. You're saying you're more interested in the kind of creative aspect of it. Working for someone else, does that kind of free it up from you? Because then you just think, right, I don't have to worry too much about the story. I just, I'm making the art. I'm on the art duties. I do the art. I get the paid. And then I'm on to the next project. Does that, does that work well for you? Not really, because no. I like to have the control to be able to change things. Like, gotcha. go, oh, that's not working. I'll do something else. So I need a writer who I can actually collaborate with quite closely and say to him, can I do this? And mm-hmm. luckily, uh, Jesse, Jesse Bauer, his name is, who wrote it, he was exactly like that. And he even rewrote bits of it when he knew I was going to draw it. Okay. Uh, so so uh, the, the, it's kind of got an exploitation aspect. There's, there's the two girls and they're, they're tied up. And they're going to be tortured by this dude. But then our hero, leap, well, anti-hero, leaps in through the skylight and tears a guy's throat out. And basically the girls are very passive. They're just, you know, just damsels to be distressed and then saved. But when he knew I was doing it, he was like, oh, this guy, he does Hollow Girl. Okay. So he rewrote the ending so that one of the girls takes up uh, the main character's guns and then shoots some of the bad guys herself. I thought, oh, that's cool. I, I like that I've inspired him to kind of make the female oh, nice. uh, cool. characters less passive in the story. There's something decidedly looks better of a girl firing two guns at once than a man, in my eyes. Do you know what I mean? I think it just <laughs> looks cooler, doesn't it, somehow? I don't um, know. Unless it's Chow Yun-Fat. Yes, obviously. that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can make having a shit look cool. 
I don't want to test that, but sure. No, yeah. I don't want to test that, but I, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Quietly confident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for joining us that was really good man uh, yeah that was good long yeah. time coming as well we've been we've been following your career because you've got books from comic house as well haven't you so uh yeah figment and i think marcosio have chucked some of the hollow girl stuff on there as well yeah, yeah i think there's four volumes of uh hollow girl on there so that's awesome so if, if you want to read hollow girl you can get it on uh comic house or alternatively where else can they get copies uh, marcosia.com is a good place to go because they'll have like big lists of uh, the different places where you can download it or, or buy physical copies. Uh, Drive Through Comics yeah. definitely has it. Comixology has Hollow Girl on there as well. And I think Alone Not Lonely. If it's not out on the digital platforms yet, then it will be coming soon. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, so it all goes. Marcosia stick all their stuff on Comixology. They stick some of their <laughs> stuff on Comic House. Um, yeah, oh, that's good. I, I've bought the odd thing through Drive Through Comics, but it does keep appearing in my feed. Is it? How is that as a, a revenue stream? Is it good or? Uh, not really. It's just a. It's just an easy way. It's just an easy place to go to upload your books if you're right. If you're someone who's not very sure about how to self-publish, it's kind of easy to use. I guess. Okay. Does so it automatically send like the though. digital copy out? Does it in that case or? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's good to know. Rather than me trying to figure out how to send someone a, a Dropbox link for about four hours <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But that that Gumroad thing does that really easy as well. It does, doesn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so simple. Yeah. But uh, nice one. Brilliant. Awesome. Thanks for uh, popping on, Luke, and uh, we'll watch your career with uh, uh, with interest. Thanks, man. So, Thanks uh, very much, guy. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guy. Take it easy, yeah, man. That was good. There we go. Good. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, excellent. Nice one, Luke. We've uh, he's uh, like I said, he's been around for a little while. Luke on the scene. Yeah, yeah, doing he's consistently putting work out, and he yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, God, he's been out for around for uh, just consistently putting work yeah, I think out. The nice one. up to like six volumes, something like that. I'm gonna say. Oh, yeah, 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 that's good. It's good for a small press book, that, isn't it? Yeah. God, yeah, yeah, definitely. Good. So we've got a plan for uh, one extra little extra thing we're gonna do. So um, knowing. I don't know if anyone's heard this, but Dan's a big fan of Invincible. Yes, um, I only mentioned it once or twice per episode. <laughs> and um, <laughs> not, that I'm, not that we want to talk about TV, but we're going to come at an angle, an angle which will hopefully talk about the comics a bit more. But we're going to talk about Invincible, and we saw the opportunity of it becoming a cartoon on Prime next week, yeah. I think, as we record. Is that right? I think it comes out on the Friday when we record. So this one comes out on the 22nd, and it's on amazon on 26th the friday right okay so on prime on the 26th and yeah. um i've read the first 11 trades um but you've read through to the end haven't you yes uh, i know you had I, it on a pull list uh, i started in trades and then i went on to issues when i was like i can't wait yeah <laughs> i got to i came late by the way i was i was very late into not very late but i was so it was halfway through the run before I got on. I was like in the 90s. I think I started, I started okay. getting it. Yeah, yeah, because it was um, 144 issues in all, 20, yep. 25 trades. That's good. That is good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, written by Robert Kirkman. Um, volume 1 to 2 is by Corey, Corey Walker, and Volume 3 onwards is by Ryan Otley. Um, yeah. Corey does drop in later on to do some bits and bobs. There's a couple of issues where Ryan wasn't available or, or Corey took over for, for whatever reason. Right. But, uh, yeah, for the bulk of it, it's Corey, then uh, Ryan Otley. Cool. Oh, okay. Because I know that Corey and um, Kirkman worked on <clears throat> Super Patriot together, 
and then they decided to do this they enjoyed working together um i think Corey slept on the floor of this i watched an interview today and Corey was saying he slept on the floor of the studio for like the first five months of the book or something he would Bloody literally hell. unroll a mat and he, he, i think he was just that was where he was living okay and right at the start of it he'd um he'd sort of sleep in the studio which is that's pretty a hell cool. of an existence yeah. yeah 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 um the central character was almost mark was almost called kid cosmic or bulletproof now bulletproof's a character that turns up later um yeah. but we'll, we'll talk I, a bit more about it but the main question i wanted to ask you d is um being a fan I was gonna of say, it, go on, mate. if you're going to watch the tv show and you don't want it spoiled mate you might want to skip this section because we're going to be getting into it as it were yeah yeah is that fair yeah i think yeah. that's fair yeah 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 um and if i mean you should have an idea of what happens in the comic because we've talked about it a bit already on yeah. the show but if so they they this company i don't know who they are are making a cartoon of your favorite one of your favorite comics dan what do you think they need to do to make it invincible rather than just a generic superhero comic what things does kirkman otley and walker do that they need to replicate the the action uh first off moving aside all the kind of story elements and story beats is i want to see it kind of jacked up to a a 20 25 30 you know what i mean rather than what does concern me i'm not like chomping at the bit to watch the animation but if you've seen stuff like the one punch man anime where the the action in that is just absolutely fucking nuts i'd love to see like a style like that used i know i think it's going to be a bit more reserved but certainly like the the later part of the issues with uh kirk uh, otley doing it the the action is so kinetic and yeah brutal it's i hope they do that justice it's strange because i've started to read through i've inspired by uh, andy cliff to go back to volume one and i'm slowly working my through uh all the ultimate collection and i've okay. done the first book over the past couple of days and a lot of what makes the series stand out for me is not there in those first couple of issues right yeah okay it's, it's absent the the kind of script the ideas that it's all it feel if it's yet to find its feet and i remember buying the trade for someone saying look this fucking comic is awesome and that was when i was like it was it's coming up to like 80 90 and i said stick with it it's really good and they didn't progress past the first trade and to be honest i can't really blame them because it doesn't really find its feet till a little bit further into it so uh do you think that's kirkman pulling a kirkman trick because kirkman is an expert at the sudden shock but the sudden shock only works if you're invested in the characters. So he spent, what, 10 issues, 12 issues getting people into that. Because it's very much a soap opera, isn't it? It's uh, definitely yeah. family so soap, many soap opera. In it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the big reveal, uh, spoilers, is the fact that uh, Omni-Man, which is like the Superman character, and Mark is his son, Invincible, is uh, a bad guy. Yeah. He's, he's, he tells them, him a story earlier on like about his origin, how he was sent to Earth as like a protector. But it's actually the opposite. He's sent uh, to conquer it. But essentially he falls in love with uh, a native, uh, Mark's mum, and decides not to. But then later on the story he has a bit of a change of heart and there's a superhero team that essentially like the Justice League and they all get wiped out. Yep. And there's like someone trying to trying to work out who's killed all these heroes and 
it ends up with uh, Mark confronting his dad, like over what he's done. And I won't spoil what happens in the fight, but it's kind of, you, you don't see it coming. Literally the whole, I think they're called the Guardians of the Globe. That's right. And they're just right, yeah. murdered in a, in a space of three pages, just like an absolute bloodbath. Because that's what and Kirkman then, uh, does. Is he, he cleverly recreates a kind of DC atmosphere, but he does it avoiding the cliche. So we've got the Justice League. We've got a Teen Titans mm. kind of group, haven't we? Yeah. Um, we've got him as ostensibly Spider-Man, really. Yeah. He has that personality, doesn't he? Nothing ever. Yeah. Has, relationships don't go right. You know, he overreacts yep. at things, he underreacts at things. Um and but he does it in a way Kirkman does it in a way that you think you think it's going one way and he twists he twists your perceptions a bit, yeah. doesn't he? I think. He he does like, he's set ups of thinking, right, I know where this is going and then it twists it it, it plays those sort of preconceived notions where you think this is how so- superhero stories go. Yeah. And then it changes. There's one great bit which kind of there's so many bits that caught me off guard, but later on in the series, uh he invincible's battling this dinosaur i think it's the dinosaur i can't remember the character's name right now but he's kind of like a big red dinosaur looks really horrible violent and he's doing all these horrible acts and invincible's trying to stop him and there's one point where he transforms like vegas like atomizes it i think and makes it into like a mirror and he says like with this we can like power up the earth there'd be no more carbon right. footprint we can do it and even though like there's been a, a titanic loss of life. The offset is that they've got all this clean, free energy now for the rest of the world. Right. And rather than sort of thinking this is fucking monstrous, he starts coming around to the idea of you've got to sacrifice a little for the greater good, as it were. And there's a shift in the hero that kind of I didn't see coming because you expect to be, oh, good is good, wrong is wrong. But he starts to think of like the bigger picture, and he starts like trying to help this dinosaur guy to better mankind and humanity, but by taking radical steps that right, okay, that would step outside what you think would be good. Essentially, becoming a, a bad guy in, in effect, and a lot of the characters do change as they're kind of. There's a lot of B stories and B plots going along, but you, you'll think a character is one way. And then they'll change, like, the robot character flips several times from being a good guy to a bad guy and then back to a good guy. Yeah, he does. I, like, I find a... him interesting. So, um, Very robot, interesting, or yeah. robot Rex, he gets called he does yeah. it a couple of times. Yeah, he's one of my favourite characters in it, actually, because he, he starts out as a sort of Reed Richards-esque character, doesn't he? Yeah. And then it, it goes fucking dark at one point, doesn't it? And he turns up in this sort of, like, mega armour, you know, Doc yep. Doom thing going on. Yeah. I like... Um, I like the fact that your standing Wolfman turns up in it. That's, I read that trade today. I think yeah. it's trade eleven, and I, I really liked his series. I read the whole of that series. So that's kind of a spin-off, isn't it? There's, yeah. There's a there's a universe, isn't there? Of a few comics. Is yeah. Brit, you got Brit, like one Brit, of them. Yeah. Brit's part of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was like uh, I can't remember. That. There was an entire spin-off that basically had one issue, and it had like a character from the Invincible universe in it, and they did several issues of each character. There was a different character per issue. Okay. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely like a kind of a universe formed up about it. And one of the things that I really enjoy about the comic, it wasn't like, uh, uh, I'll say an issue of Spider-Man where like something happens and the next week it's back. It's like a sitcom kind of thing. You're back to the status quo. Yeah. Homer and Flanders are enemies again because <laughs> it's the end of the enemy. Do you know what I mean? It's the end of the episode. So yeah. they, that's the way the status quo goes in invincible. It changes all the time. Yeah. It's got, he sets up a, sets up a dynamic 
something happened in the story and then there's a change and then it keeps moving forward, keeps growing and building. All the characters change and evolve and uh, and learn. And it's, uh, it's for me, it's an absolute masterclass on how to do superhero comics. So you don't all the time now. You see people say, "Is this going to be the next Invincible?" Because because it's so well written and so well yeah. done. Yeah, I know. That. And there's there's been attempts at doing Spider Man, haven't there? There's been attempts at, and like Nova um yeah. and a few different you know um a few different characters but this one really got it and ran with it to me he became that character he goes through some sort of relationship problems you know yeah. he's boning his girlfriend while his mum think he thinks his mum doesn't know and all this sort of thing goes on um but yeah no i like that and um it's interesting that i, I, I saw an interview today with kirkman where he said um he want it was a story that he fully intended to start and then hand off to another writer but he just couldn't let go of it. He kept coming up with new and no. new ideas, and all he could do was visualize what Otley would be doing with it, um, which is good. So, I mean, I'm not a big cartoon watcher. I don't. I might watch the first episode, man. I don't know whether I'll watch it. Um, yeah, I don't know myself. I'm really kind of on the fence about it. Uh, if people give it rave reviews, I'll, I'll probably give it a go. But I'm really, for me, more over the past couple of years, I'm like, I've got the comic that's what i want i don't yeah. i'm not interested in the film i'm not interested in the cartoon i'm not interested in the tv show comics are better than films that's what i say yeah, all I the time the yeah 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 but the only the only the, i hope it's a success so people go and buy the trade paperbacks that's, that's yeah that'd be I, fantastic yeah, yeah. that'd be the kind of uh, the good i mean I, I think essentially the ultimate collection uh, how many issues does it collect i think that will be the first series okay right i think that will be the first series because it, it's pretty much the entirety of the kind of a good grounding for it the only thing is it kind of ends with like omni-man taking off and invincible sort of left there to sort of like pick up the pieces of being like the the next superhero of earth because his dad's gone right okay so i think that might be a good place to kind of leave the first series yeah whether they do that or not okay first, maybe they'll follow the hilda thing where you know it does follow the comics kind of you know but just adds extra bits I, I think that's what they'll do. Yeah. From what I've seen, the little bits and bobs. I mean, to to not do the reveal of Omni Man being like uh, the bad guy, as it were. I, I don't think they'll shy away from that because otherwise, it's that that's the the sting in the, the the first part of the story, isn't it? Without that, what is there? It's yeah. just a generic superhero story. Yeah, agreed. Relatively generic. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. But I was saying to you that I don't think a lot of the characters actually find their. He Kirkman hasn't found the voices for these characters. Uh, in the first couple of issues, uh, uh, rereading it over the past couple of days, like the characters don't sound like the characters they are when they they when you, when you get later into it, yeah. you read it and think that that's the character speaking. And this time I was reading, I was like, this these speech balloons could have come out of any one of them because they're, they're so generic what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I said, I think it was Kirkman finding his feet. Yeah, I think you're right, man. You, yeah, definitely. Maybe you know. Um, so we are next week is episode 300 um bloody hell it's already come oh around my God. yeah the plan is to do we'll be doing a live episode and we'll be doing it via zoom um watch out on the socials because the, the link will, will be coming up um if you go to at this chucklehead tom who's uh who'll be running it for us our buddy he'll yep. um he'll be able to put you in to get to send you to the place to get the link um and we're really looking forward to it so we're going to see what comes of it we're going to um It'll be like a bit of a, might be a bit of a free-for-all to be fair. But we'll yeah, I'm not sure. We're kind of, we got to see what happens. Yeah. We're going to bring back some classic features from yeah, that's the, plan. the past 300 shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's good. So that's first shout-out. Um, next one, Good Friday just got wicked. 
the new pr- project from yes. Tribute Press for me, me and Adam. Um, we've um, we've got a new artist on board. We've got um, Daryl Thorpe on, and for one pound forty nine on Patreon a month, you get five comic pages a week plus extra material at the weekend. Um, it's going to be launching on Good Friday. Um, you may may have seen the advert out there of um, the, uh, George Mayhem, who's our character, getting crucified, and that's what's going to happen. So keep an eye out for that at Tribute Press on Twitter. I'll let you know when it's going to start. If you sign up on the day it drops, there'll be a week's worth of pages ready to view. So keep an eye out for that. Have you? Ah, oh, excellent. Yeah, definitely. I want to be on a, in on that on the ground floor. Thank you, babes. You got any? Uh, you got any shouts? Uh, no. Uh, one of the couple of the Kickstarters I was keeping an eye on. Uh, they've been and gone. What was that one we were supposed to talk? Was it Gabby Scanlon's one? I think that's made its money, isn't it? I think that's uh, made its money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Brilliant. Good stuff. Congratulations. Yeah. Good. Don't forget episode 299 next next week is 300. Yes, I fucked that up. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Vince was like, I knew he'd fuck that. Yeah, he'd yeah, be sitting there eating a pizza, won't he, going, oh, wankers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As if it even recorded. That's what we're I'm not even. We're not going to re record it. I've got to tell you. I'm no, not going no, back no. and do the intro again, although I might do. Okay. Um, uh, right, what uh, what recommenders have you got? You haven't got a recommend this week. You've got a review, no. haven't you? you cheeky yes. Bugger. Uh, yeah. Let me just fire up this the iPad and, and get it on the go. Uh, I saw this cover a couple of weeks ago for the comic, and I thought I read the, the concept behind it. I thought, this looks interesting. Yeah. And it did do me on the cover. I think we saw it, you know, when we do our Wednesday, pick out the covers on... I've not been feeling it the last few weeks. No, I mean it. No, I mean No, Vince managed to drag a few out, didn't he, the other day? But I've not. Hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd tried. So this one is Nottingham. Oh, okay. Written by David Hazan, uh, art by Shane Connery, Volk, colour by Luca Romana, uh, lettered by Jelamet Gill, and is published by Mad Cave Studios. And the summary goes like this: In this twisted medieval noir, the sheriff of Nottingham hunts a serial killer with a penchant for tax collectors. The sheriff's investigation makes him the target of England's most nefarious power brokers. I say nothing of the merry men, terrorists lurking among the trees of Sherwood, led by an enigma only known as the Hood. And I thought that sounds quite nice. Yeah. If we're going to kind of like do a dark retelling of Robin Hood, but with the sheriff being the kind of the the central character. Uh, With the art, uh, Shane's art, it's not straight on this there's a slight caricature element and some of the figures are kind of grotesque and and out of proportion but in similar to the artist who had first did accident man okay you know some stuff was yeah. elongated and sinewy and uh, i've no problem with it martin Eamons, the is that color- right martin Eamons? yes yeah, Martin. yeah, yeah martin the color in luca romano uh, i don't think it does it any favors it's kind of more of a kind of a, a, a generic it's a fine job I just don't think it really suits with the, the story. It's the the kind of cut and fade kind of stuff they do with comics where it's just everything's kind of blended and everything's like full saturation. There's no kind of... Right. Okay. I wanted a bit more atmosphere in the colours. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah, yeah. there's no kind of blues or when it's like a night scene or it's just straight on colours. But uh, it's a minor quibble. Uh, I enjoyed the story <laughs> in as much, but it, it, it doesn't doesn't really go for it. Right. Do you know what I mean? You've got this concept and you think, oh, it's going to be great because you see the, the, the merry men going around killing people and they're killing tax collectors, but they've got these kind of masks on, which is them like a, a hideous grinning face. And I thought, I wonder where they're going to go with this. But it kind of just becomes very quickly the, the standard Robin Hood fare of 
they're robbing from the rich, giving to the poor, and and Robin Hood's just like a, a just a generic, good-looking dude. Maid Marian, like at one point, she's talking to the sheriff of Nottingham, and she like grabs his crotch while she's talking at him, and I was just like, this, it's not pitched right. Right. The concept is fine, but it's just not, it's not done. It, it doesn't feel like a noir story. Okay, yeah, I'm um, looking at it now, man. I actually like the cover. I think the cover's all right. Yeah, the covers covers what got me in. Yeah, totally. yeah, sort of bloody smiling battle mask kind of it's thing. It's one of the masks, the Merry Men. Right. Wear, so, but the the interiors, and I'm I've only looked at three pages so far, but all the men's faces seem very similar. Yeah, it's it's just not it's not quite right. Uh, it's a shame because I just I just feel like it. it it just misses out. There's certain elements that does it just doesn't get quite right. Yeah, and uh, I'd I'd like to see more from the the writer and artist, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, uh, I, I, I can't really recommend it. Is honest. it new out? Is it? I don't. I think it popped up in new. Oh comics. yeah, third of March, twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a new title. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about. It. I just wanted to talk about it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if there was an editor that could kind of like set this straight, and sort of say, "Well, no, you don't want to do that, and you do want to do that, and stuff," it could have been. I saw been the cover to it, and I thought it was an aftershock book. It's yeah, it's got something about yeah. it. You know, I know they do a sort of lot of medieval stuff, don't they? You know, twisted stuff. But yeah, I think it could be the harsh red blood yeah. in the mask, and it's, it's a real standout cover for me very striking um, it, it done its job and, and got me in yeah so uh, as far as that yeah i can't really fault it but okay there we go so. good oh i'm gonna recommend a, yourself tea? yeah i'm gonna recommend a book called the lighthouse by paco rocker um 63 pages black white and blue published by nbm we talked about them last week and we talked about some of the biographical stuff they do um seven pounds 99 so a little bit expensive for what it is uh, on Comixology. Um, I was got into Packer Rocker um, by um, Tom Stewart when I did a podcast with him. We, he, we talked about one of his books on there. Um, and he's a Spanish creator who is really, really interesting. Um, he does um, well, he does all kinds of stuff. He doesn't particularly do superhero stuff, but he does... Um, he, does he did one called Wrinkles, which is about an old people's home, which fucking broke my heart. It's just... Uh, beautiful character studies i think is what he does um the lighthouse is um francesco francesco is a young dude he's a soldier in the spanish civil war on the losing side and he's escaping um he there's a really well done scene so he's escaping through the woods and he comes across a soldier and they almost shoot each other till they discover they're on the wrong on the same side and the soldier says to him what you know what are you doing and he says i'm uh, you know i'm trying to get out i'm trying to get across the border to france and he says, "Well, if you go to France, they'll they'll put you in a refugee camp, or they'll 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 try you, or you or you might just get put up and shot, you know, if you get caught before then." And he's having this conversation. You're beginning to think, "Oh, fucking hell, how's this kid going to get out of it? He's just this young kid." And at which point, the the bloke he's, he's talking to gets shot, gets shot through the head That's and killed. And you realise suddenly it's on you. You know, you realise the Spanish Civil War and how you know bloody and you know awful it was a place to live in at the time. Um, and so he he. He, he he runs off and struggles his way through and he finally comes across a lighthouse and um, he reaches up and touches his forehead with his, the sleeve of his army coat and um, he realises his blood on it and next thing you know he passes out and he has this sort of nightmare um, 
where branches are reaching out to get him and he finds himself sort of drowning in the sea and then suddenly he wakes up and in the way of all good European places um, next to him is uh, some bread and some wine which he eats and comes to and he wanders out of the he finds out he's in a lighthouse and he wanders out of the shelter after eating and sort of recovering and coming to a bit and he he discovers this big fat dude with a moustache who's in the sea recovering a load of boxes and stuff that have been um, um, the, the waves have brought into the shore and he's up, up to his hips in the sea and he's dragging this stuff out and he says give me a hand and it turns out this dude is um, the owner or the, the bloke who runs the lighthouse you know that sort of classic looks like an old sail old fisherman kind of guy you know and he's running the the, um, the lighthouse and they become friends and he says and he takes refuge in this lighthouse and the two of them begin to get on and they they eat well and they they you eat fish and they drink wine together and they laugh and they begin to get to know each other and you you realize we're talking about ptsd earlier you realize this kid's got ptsd from the war and uh, he's found this sort of it's almost like a dream-like place he suddenly found himself in and the bloke runs a lighthouse keeps pointing out at sea and pointing to an island he says just he says sometimes you can see there's an island out there and um i want to go and live there it's this incredible place and he, he describes it in detail there's trains there and locals and it's just this lovely place to live and there's no war and um and they decide they're gonna he's, he's had this project where he's been making a boat and they decide to start making this boat together and he keeps saying to him what's happened with the lighthouse and he said well i keep it up you know i keep it up to date but there's no there's no bulb they, because of the war they can't afford to bring a bulb to stick it in the lighthouse so i keep it ready in case a bulb arrives and they begin to yeah they begin to, it's, it's almost dreamlike you know almost like you wonder yeah. whether the kid's still in a coma. Um, and they, so they start building the ship and thinking that they're lucky enough at one point that, you know, a wheel turns up and, you know, they, they they build it out bits that they find, flotsam and jetsam that appears on the beach. And the kid goes in and he's looking through his desk and he discovers a letter from the government saying, leave the lighthouse. You, you know, you're not employed here anymore. We don't need the lighthouse. And he, and then he finds the thing about well the island is also fake, and he thinks this bloke's just been telling me this lie and he's living this lie, and as they're having an argument they get attacked by the troops, and they have to somehow escape and I'll leave it there but it's it's a really beautifully told book it's absolutely full of charm there's a real charm to it these two men very different and they tell stories of their growing up and their childhoods and their jobs and what they've done in their lives to each other in the in the course of this book um uh telmo is the older man he's obsessed with moby dick and he often quotes it to him he often says stuff like the sea is a refuge for free men he's got these quotes that he throws out at francesco um and they become friends they fall out they become friends it's one of those sort of things um gotcha but it's it's a beautifully told book and Paco Rocca tells stuff, and he's he's so he's so full of emotion when he tells books. He's he's so full of character, and you really the, uh, talking about invincible building up character before you they, before they fall. There's no point in killing a character before you know them, is there? In fiction, sometimes, um, and that you you feel that you know these people, and they're, they're, there's a tragic element to them. The art is um, I'm trying to think who I would compare it to in uk and american comics and the, the nearest i came to was a slightly more realistic version of scott mcleod maybe something like that okay quite fair enough quite clean that two, he does that two color thing he draws he doesn't overdraw 
but occasionally you get a whole page full of waves and beautiful swirls and backgrounds and rain and you know occasionally just really the page just explodes with detail and then sometimes you go back to a sort of um a brevity of line almost and on the page it, it's beautifully told and, and really good um there's another book keep an eye out for some of his books there's one called um winter of the cartoonist which is really interesting from a spanish comics historical point of view i did a podcast with tom about it and we talked and it talks about um i think it's the 50s or 60s i can't remember quite which i've got my notes in front of me but there's basically an image of revolution in spain amongst these cartoonists they all decide to go off and form their own company because they think they're right, going to make okay. some more money um yeah and it's a true story and the people and pacaroca actually got to interview a lot of these blokes some of them were slightly shystery some of them were just like crap businessmen some of them were lazy um and they went off and formed their own company only to find that um the main comic company had pulled 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 their trousers down by going around and paying off all the places that would have sold their comic so they didn't sell them <laughs> and they had to go back with their tail between their legs it's really interesting interesting yeah there's another yeah. there's another book called the house um which is um about a family a sort of extended family who gather after the father dies and and they're they're cleaning up and getting the house ready to sell and they they have their problems and they have their memories and it's a really beautifully told book that's out of fantagraphics that one i think um and then the other one is wrinkles which is about a community in a an old people's home and uh, utterly utterly broke me at the end of it um really yeah just this dude i've never read any of his books before but he's got four or five out there i suspect there's probably more coming um that are going to be translated but uh, he's huge in Europe. We just we we have Fantagraphics. God bless him. Got hold of him, and NBM got hold of this one. And oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah, it's really good stuff. Another one of those fucking amazing uh, creators that you just don't hear of because of uh, geolocation or whatever, and not not just not seeing their work. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's another it's another easy one to recommend. I read it. Um, it's sixty three pages. It's not a long read. You know, it's not overly complicated. There's you know whole tranches of it that aren't don't aren't dialogued. They're just you know no words yeah um doesn't have to be yeah yeah, yeah. it's a really nice a really nice book i really 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 enjoyed it oh, yeah. i'll have to check that yeah. out that's my one mate well that sounds like my cup of tea yeah good right so what do we do now what do we do now ring vince we did it sure. did it go all right so that was another fantastic episode of the uh awesome comics podcast we've got uh episode 300 rolling up yeah anytime soon keep your ear to the ground for that because there's uh We've got a lot planned. We've got to have our uh, meeting of the Dons yes. in the next week or so, don't we? Yep, it's true. Good. The, the, the heads of the families come together <laughs> to discuss the, the business. Yeah, that's next week, isn't it? We're talking about it? <laughs> yeah, about plans. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, if you do Facebook, why not come and join Awesome Comics Chat? There's no shameless selling, just comics and uh, just great comics talk and lots of advice and lots of art and stuff like that. Um, you can post up what you're working on, what you're reading, but um, there's a drawing thread which you're about to launch. Is that right, Dan? Yes, we're just waiting for the last couple of entries, ideas, and we're going to set up a poll. Once we get the poll up, whatever the results poll are, that's what we're going to be all drawing. Good. So stick it on there. Stick your ideas in there. Good. Um, why not go and spread the love? You can go and find us at Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and leave a review as it lifts us in the ratings and more people will pay attention to the episode. I think that's how it works. I don't know. Um, you can find us on, otherwise you can find us on Podbean, Amazon Music, Podnose, Podknife, Spotify. And are we on any other podcast networks, Dan? Pod bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> we're also on Pod, We Miss Vince. 
Yes, Vince. <laughs> it's always it's such a different experience where one of us isn't it's here. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, it's not quite right when. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not 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 wrong or bad, just not right. Yeah, it's like all it's like bad sex. It's good, but you know. Yeah, it's, it's still sex, yeah. but that's what counts. Yeah. Um. <laughs> where can people find you online, Dan? They can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can be Vanguard at VanguardComic dot com. Cool. And yeah. you can find me at neverironanything.com, um, which has got uh, reviews and podcasts and links and all that sort of thing on there as well. And I was listening to your Misty one today. I oh, right. Misty book one. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I got bent over on the fucking delivery charge. But oh, did you? Where did you buy it off? I had like a third off or something. Like the, the, that, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but Sarah pointed out, I like these guys are on South, third off, and I got to the checkout, and it's like four pounds something for the, uh, the delivery. I was like, fucking hell. Uh, they fuck you at the drive oh, anyway. they fuck you at the, uh, yeah. the counter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. But Misty is winging its way to me. Good stuff, man. Yeah, I've bought far too many comics. Um, I've got, I received the um, the first four issues of Doll Man this week. Very Excellent. exciting. Yes. We've got to do a full moon, full moon episode. We do, don't we? There's loads of comics out about yeah. them. Um, and I've got uh, bought, Trances uh, to trade of that as well. Ah, nice one. Yep. Jack Death. <laughs> yeah. Trances. <laughs> I bought the first book of Akira, because I don't know where mine is. And I'm going to buy all... Ooh, I think there's seven volumes of Akira. I, remember I don't think I've actually read all the way through to the end of there's it. There's a big, big box set. Have you seen it? It's come out. I saw it. It's, it's someone selling it on eBay for 120 quid. It's like the size of a stool. You could sit on it. It's fucking yeah. enormous, yeah. yeah. You get a hernia carrying that. <laughs> My poor postman. Yeah. But that's like a, a lot of investment. Like you think, oh, actually, I don't really like this. It's like, well, here's the rest of it then. Good. So you can go out and buy your own comics, read your own comics, and let us know what you're reading. Um, hopefully, please do come along to 300. It's going to be a laugh. Um, we've got a few yes. surprises planned or about to plan, a few ideas floating about. Um, and otherwise, um, what, what are we going to do, Dan? You stay awesome. That's what we do. I thought you were doing the outro. That's <laughs> <laughs> the outro. <laughs> right, good. Stay awesome. <laughs> Fuck you all. See you later. See you later. <laughs>